Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. All over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? All right. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Board Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Heke, and I'm recording under very interesting circumstances, I must say. Um, I guess this is like a tropical storm happening outside my room right now. I think there's supposed to be thunder. I don't think the thunder is going to get caught in the mic, but if you see me flinch a little bit, that's probably why. Um, keep us in your prayers. Hopefully, you know, by Monday morning, the time that you guys are listening to this, it's not a problem anymore. But, um, yeah, a lot of rain. But nevertheless, hope you guys had an amazing past couple weeks. Last week, it was an archived episode. I talked a little bit in the beginning, but last week was an archived episode. So I'm back behind the mic recording live this week. Um, shoot, man. And we are about, what, six days away? five days away six days away from the big day saturday august 26th this saturday um you know we're not we're not behind the mic this saturday this saturday we are live we are we are in la for the poetry jam and the unassociated poetry jam happening from la doors open 6 30 p.m um and i i cannot wait to see you guys there man i'll be seeing rsvp man we, we finna be up in there is what it's looking like. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm excited. Um, and, you know, we're getting everything sorted out. Uh, mostly everything's pretty much taken care of planning-wise. Shout out to the people who asked uh, if we needed help. That was That's love. I, I really appreciate that more than you think, even if I don't tell you that we need help. Um, but thank you, everyone who has donated, everyone who has helped, everyone who has been praying. Please continue to pray for us. Um, I have no doubt in my mind that God has a plan to uh really move really move on that on that day so we're looking forward to it man this is the last time i'm gonna ram it through you guys' skulls uh because i've been you know promoting this uh poetry jam for a while now um but I'm, I'm really excited to see you guys there and um yeah man soon 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 i think you guys are gonna love it i think it's gonna be an amazing space just for all of us young believers and you know, those of us that are a little curious, you know, that might not be, you know, maybe we haven't given our lives to Christ, but pretty close, pretty on, on the fence. Maybe come with an open mind. That's all I'm saying. Come with an open mind. That's all. All right. That's all. No pressure. Just come with an open mind. Um, But yeah, these have been good with me, though. This has been one of the best summers of my life. I must say it, it has actually been an amazing summer. Um, I pray that, you know, this hurricane doesn't try to change any of that. But nevertheless, it's been an amazing summer. Um, and, and one thing that has actually came to mind, because, you know, I guess I, I took a break and I was thinking about things that I might want to do differently when I came back uh, from my summer break, my church boy summer break. And I think one of them was really just trying to lean into answering your questions and taking in your topic suggestions so I can take the time to speak on this um, on this podcast, not just talking about things that, you know, that are on my heart or things that I see, but really being able to talk about topics that are directly affecting you guys. Um, so there's this function called www.unashosea.com slash askchurchboy that you can utilize to submit your topic suggestions and your questions to me. 
Um, also, people have been submitting questions to our Bible study sign up. Shout out to Bible study crew. Um, please, please, please. If you are listening to this, you are welcome to Bible studies every first Monday. The next one will be September 4th. Um, Bible study sign up will be in the description. So I looked at some of the questions that people had submitted with um, Bible study sign up. And one of them had to do with disappointment. And I don't know exactly what context of disappointment this person meant by, you know, asking a question about overcoming disappointment, getting over disappointment. But I did feel like it was a timely thing for me to talk about because, you know, as much as we've as much as us that, you know, we've had an amazing summer. We had an amazing year at my church. This is the year of great things. That's what we're expecting. Um, there have absolutely been people who have had a very challenging year, a very challenging time, very challenging chapter. People I love that have been going through things. If I'm honest with you, I probably wouldn't be able to go through myself. God knows my limits. Right. Um. And I think that a really big part of the Christian faith is having faith. And we always talk about have faith, have faith, have faith, especially when it comes to praying to God and asking God for different things in life. We're supposed to have faith. Right. Um, but I will say that one scary thing about having faith in my experience, and I hope that you guys can relate, is when you pray and ask God for something and you know that you have faith. Everybody always likes to make it seem like the reason why my prayers weren't answered. And they try. I hate when people try to make it seem, like, oh, it's because I don't have faith. No, no, no. A lot of I'm not saying I always have faith. I'm not saying I have the most faith in the world, but I've prayed and I've prayed with faith and I haven't gotten some things that I've asked for in my life. I haven't gotten a lot of things that I've asked for in my life. I've prayed for people to be healed. You know, I've prayed for people to to I've prayed for jobs. I've prayed for promotions and, and having gotten them. Didn't get them. Loved ones passed. And I don't I don't accept the the answer that it's because I didn't have enough faith. And I don't like when people just try to throw that around. I think that, you know, for all of us believers, we can attest to the times where we asked God for something that was good. It wasn't a bad thing. And we have faith, but he didn't answer us. And I think the hardest part, or one of the hardest things about being a believer is then now being expected to put your faith in God again after that. After you have been disappointed, because you look, you can be disappointed by situations. You can be disappointed by people. You can be disappointed in yourself. But if I'm honest with you, man, few of us are able to actually confess that there have been times where we have felt disappointed in God. If you know anything about me, this podcast, we go there. We're going to talk about it. We're going to be real about the way that we feel. Now, we're not going to say that I'm not going to say that every way that I feel is good, every way that I feel is righteous. But I am going to be real with God when it comes to my feelings. Sometimes in my life, I have felt like God let me down, like God disappointed me. Because I prayed for something and I knew that something was good and I believe strongly that that something is good. And I had faith, but I did not get what I wanted. So the question is. Since we're expected to continue to have faith in God, since we're expected to continue to put our trust in God, how exactly do we do that? How exactly do we overcome the disappointments of life? How exactly am I supposed to continue down this path of following the Lord when it's just one terrible thing after the other that's been going on? You know, this month, 
I told you guys we have these monthly focuses within the team that we want to be creating content around each month. This month was kind of like a hybrid between the joy of the Lord um, and the grace of God. You've been hearing about the grace of God over the past couple of episodes in Church Boy Confessions. And also, if you came to Bible study at the top of the month, you know, we talked about the joy of the Lord. But I think, you know, a common theme, a common thread through each of those subjects is suffering, especially when it comes to the joy of the Lord. Because how on earth are you supposed to have joy if you are suffering? A lot of us suffer. A lot of us are disappointed. A lot of us are sad. A lot of us are mad. Feel all these emotions because God is not doing what we want him to do which is to heal us, which is to deliver us, which is to do what we ask, because what we ask is something that's genuinely good. But he doesn't do it anyways. I prayed and I've and I've asked God for things. Did he answer me? No. Did he fix it? No. Did I get what I wanted? No. So then the question is, why do I still follow him? Right there. That's the devil wants you to say, I don't know. He wants me to say, I don't know. In fact, he wants me to think that because all of these bad things have happened, just a series of bad thing after bad thing after bad thing. And he wants me to reason with these bad things and see how can you say that God is good after you have seen all these bad things happen in your life? Why do you serve him? And he wants my answer to be, I don't know. Then, then turn your back on him. Curse him to his faith, face and turn your back on him. That's what the devil wants you to think. That's his tactic. That's his, that's his um, strategy. Let me get permission from God to bombard you. Suffering, 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 disappointment, 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 disappointment. And then ask you the question, why do you continue to be loyal to a God that allows you? Or the way he'll put it, that that does these things to you. If I'm honest with you, man, this this question is not for the faint at heart. This question is not for everybody. And I'm going to be honest with you. Some people might finish this episode. They might be unsatisfied because if I'm honest with you, I don't think that this the answer in this episode is going to be completely satisfactory. If I'm honest with you, it's even hard for me to articulate the answer. It's hard. Because at this point, we're talking about things that are of the spirit. I don't think that it's just easy for someone to understand the story of Job. To be able to withstand the story of Job, rather, without the Holy Spirit. If I'm honest with you, it's not easy. This is the devil's tactic. He tried it with Job, and he continues to try it with us today. Bombard us with pain and suffering. And then ask us, why do you follow God again? So today we're going to go to a book in the Bible that is very uncomfortable to preach on. Because most of the world thinks that this is the, the perfect example of why God is no good. We're going to go to the book of Job. We're going to look about how, oops, sorry, <laughs> that's my Alexa. Alexa, stop. I don't know who Felicia is anyways. She says send songs to Felicia. She means Feluke. Feluke's performing at this upcoming Poetry Jam. You, you didn't, you know, you didn't need to know that right now, but nevertheless, <laughs> um, looking forward to that. Um, 
We're going to go to Job chapter 1, all right? Job chapter 1, we're going to see devil's tactic right here. We're going to see this dialogue between Job and God. Uh, let's start at verse 6. It says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where did you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him on the earth, blameless, a blameless and upright man. Remember that God is calling this guy blameless and upright, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. Verse nine. So Satan answered and said to um, answer the Lord and said. Key part. Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household? Around all that he has on every side, you have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. Mm. Man. Satan asked, does, does Job fear you for nothing? The only reason why Job is actually following you, the only reason why Job actually cares about you, respects you, and loves you. Oof. A lot happening. And you know it's Sunday. <laughs> I'm getting calls. I'm getting reminders. I don't typically record on a Sunday. Sorry, you didn't know it was a Sunday, but I don't typically record on a Sunday. So sorry if, you know, things are, notifications are blowing up. I apologize. I'll probably edit this out. I might forget. That's why I'm trying to talk this through. But nevertheless, Satan asks, does Job follow you for nothing? I'm sorry, does Job fear you for nothing? Because in Satan's perspective, he was going to say that, well, the only reason why Job actually fears you, respects you, loves you, follows you is because you've blessed him with everything. That's the only reason. He doesn't actually care about you. Just because you bless him with everything. And then later on, you know, he God also gives him permission over his body, you know, because because he 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 um, um Satan destroys Job's stuff. Then he then he starts to put sores and all that stuff on, on his body and stuff like that. Ultimately, Satan's idea is that Job's loyalty to God is conditional on the blessings that God has given him. And for reasons why we might not fully know, or at least reasons that are not communicated explicitly in Scripture, God saw this as an opportunity to show us something, show Satan something, something is here. And he allows Satan to take a lot. And, and a lot is an understatement, but take a lot from Job. And, you know, the big arching, overarching story or overarching, you know, moral of the story that we typically hear about Job is that Job suffered and did not curse God. And he didn't curse God. But he was for show hurt. And I want to communicate how hurt Job was because I want us to see ourselves in Job. Just so we can really be able to link this story to ourselves. We're going to go to Job chapter 30. This is what this is what Job says in Job chapter 30. He has cast talking about God. He has cast me into the mire and I have become like dust and ashes. I cry out to you and you do not answer me. I stand up and you regard me. 
but you have become cruel to me. That's what he said, that God has become cruel to him. With the strength of your hand, you oppose me. Verse 22, you lift me up to the wind and cause me to ride on it. You spoil my success. For I know that you will bring me to death and to the house appointed of all living. Surely he will not stretch out his hand against the heap of ruins if they cry out when he destroys it. Have I not wept for him who was in trouble? Has not my soul grieved for the poor? But why? But but when I when I looked for good, evil came to me. And when I waited for light, then came darkness. You have to understand, man, what's very clear in Job chapter 30 is that sure, Job did not curse God, but Job was hurt. Job was heartbroken. And I think the big part about it is that Job was genuinely confused. Job felt like God had betrayed him. And isn't that how we feel when we go about the suffering in life? That God has betrayed us. We are heartbroken and we are confused. And we, we ask ourselves, what the heck did I do to deserve this? And so what's so interesting to me, and I know that this pisses people off. Typically it would. If we weren't dealing with God, it would piss me off too. Because God didn't respond. Because, I mean, the whole book of Job is really conversations of Job and his friends trying to make reason, like trying to find a reason for why this man's life, why he's so miserable. And then God comes in around, you know, chapter what, chapter 38 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, chapter 38. And God does not come with these soft words of comfort. No, my loving, almighty, all righteous God does not come to Job with all of this comfort. My God comes to Job with rebuke. You see, because God is not taking too fond, is not fond of Job now putting him on trial, per se. Job is now trying to figure out god why would you do this why would you do that da, 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 da. And, and it's like job is kind of judging god at that point as if job has all of the information so what god does is he appears and speaks out of a whirlwind in job chapter um chapter 38 verse 1 to 4 it says this then the lord answered job out of the whirlwind and said who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge. Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you understand. And then we get this. We get this like whole speech for the next like two, three chapters of God. Really one proclaiming job's ignorance and also proclaiming his own sovereignty this is the part where i have to say those that get it will get it those that don't don't and i feel like that's a 2023 version of saying let those that have ears let them hear because you need to pay attention to job's response to god now rebuking him because a lot of us off the top of the head 
we would think that was unreasonable. But look at Job's response. Job's response to God's sovereignty was humility. And that's how we truly recognize that he's someone who feared the Lord. Because in Job chapter 41, this is after God goes off. This is Job's response to God. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you and you shall answer me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. If I'm honest with you, man, this story communicates something that I still even find hard to articulate. And I don't think that this story is here for everybody to understand. You know how Jesus was speaking parables? And I'm going to bring this up in an episode I have planned later on. John 6, when he's talking about you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And a whole bunch of his disciples dipped after that. But he said, is it... (laughs) I'll talk about that later. There are some things where it's like, it's not for everybody to understand, but those that God has called. When I, when I look at the story of Job, I see someone who responded to God's sovereignty with humility. I see someone who had put God on trial, but After coming to his senses, after having an encounter with the Lord, he recognized that I don't even know enough to put God on trial. And it's so funny. And I want to pause right there because so many of us, when we endure suffering, we are so quick to try and cast judgment and 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 create this trial of God and say, God, you don't love me. God, you hate me. God, you've forsaken me. Or God, you're not real. Or he can't be loving. But the real question is, do we have all of the information to even make a judgment like that? I mean, we live in America. Well, some of you guys don't. But most of us listening, I assume, live in America where we have due process is what it's called. Where you're supposed to present the evidence. You need to have all of the knowledge and evidence concerning the case and what's going on before you can cast judgment. But do we know enough? Do we know enough about why God does what he does? A lot of the times, no. A lot of the times, no. All we have is the fear and the faith that we have put in him. And I'm telling you that when I look at the story of Job, I see the display of a genuine fear of God and a genuine faith. That works as a constant reassurance that God is who he said he is. And if you don't have that fear and if you don't have that faith, you will get wiped away with the suffering of life. There is a genuine fear and there is a genuine faith that those children of God have. I don't believe that the devil can take it away. This genuine fear and this genuine faith, it's something that is hindering us 
from truly turning our backs on God and truly cursing him to his face. I'm not don't get me wrong. We can be sad. We can be heartbroken. We can be confused. But there is something that is stopping us. There is something that's holding us. There is something there that has continued to make us convinced that God is who he says he is. And I think this this, this is the real part that some people are not going to fathom. Do we serve a vain God? Do we serve a God that wastes time? Do we serve a God who doesn't have enough sense? Who is stupid? Who is tired? No. We serve a God that knows everything. We know we serve a God that is righteous. We serve a God that is awesome. That I know. So for me, I'm not going to immediately jump to the conclusion that he is now evil because suffering has happened to me. I cannot. Job, just like Job, he could not. And those who are children of God, we cannot just simply jump to that conclusion. That's something that the world doesn't understand. I'd rather confess my own ignorance before I confess that. Because I see that God has allowed a suffering or a tragedy, he is evil. I have to first, con I have to first acknowledge and confess my ignorance before I can cast judgment on him. Because, and this is me speaking, God has showed me enough. God has showed me enough that I know that he is who he says he is. You have to understand this. Ah, I, I, need, I need you to understand this. God has shown me enough, and this is when I can just rely on my own testimony, that whether he is a good God, whether he is real, is no longer even a question. He is who he says he is. And for that reason, I have a genuine fear of the Lord and I have faith and trust in him. So even though terrible things happen, a series of terrible things happen, even after I have prayed and I have asked with faith, but still he did not answer me in something that was really important, I cannot, me personally, I cannot come to the conclusion that he is evil. And I cannot come to the conclusion that he does not love me. Or that he's not real. I can't. He has shown me enough. He has revealed enough of who he is to me. For me to rather confess that I don't have the full picture. I can't understand it before I will say that he is evil. That's just where it's at. Job was heartbroken. Job was confused, but he, there was something holding him from actually cursing God. Just like that person who's still a Christian after their parents perished in a car accident or the person who lost their spouse to cancer, but they still, for some reason, serve this God after all that praying and he didn't answer you. Just like the person that's been diseased. Or just terribly disabled their entire life. Still serving the Lord. There is something about a genuine faith. And a genuine fear in the Lord. That will cause us to persevere. Past the suffering and past the pain. And it makes us look like idiots to the world. 
But the reason why we stick around is because we know who God is and we've been convinced. It's been revealed to us. We have it. We have that knowledge of who he is. So yes, we can be heartbroken. Yes, we can be hurt. Yes, we can be absolutely confused. Yes, we can feel disappointed. But if you have genuine fear of the Lord, genuine knowledge of who he is, that is what you fall back on. And I'm in, I, I, I want this episode to be an encouragement to those who feel disappointed, to those who are tired in the suffering. What I need you to do, what I'm imploring you to do is remember who God said he is. You see, what chapter was it in Job? It wasn't Job 30. Was it Job 30? Let me look it up real quick. It was... There's a chapter in Job where he's legit talking about... Okay, good. Job 31. When I, I read Job 31 as well, this entire chapter is literally... It communicates how confused Job was at his suffering. Because the entire time he's talking about... I didn't do anything <laughs> like like I didn't do anything, God, and you're a just God. So for what purpose would I be suffering right now? And, you know, yes, it communicates his confusion. But what that also communicates is that Job already had a pre-existing image and knowledge of God to where he knew that you are a just God. And that is the knowledge that he had. Yes, that made him confused, but that knowledge is also what allowed him to continue to persevere and not curse God, not just go to God has abandoned me. God is he would rather sit and contemplate on how, how, how I'm confused, I'm confused, I'm confused and eventually just sit down, come chapter 38 and just say, I have spoken without understanding. Because those that genuinely fear the Lord, those that genuinely have faith in the Lord, they recognize that God's knowledge is above our own. Man. I'd rather believe that I just, I, I, there's information I don't have. I'm th I was thinking of an example, and, and I thought a perfect example would be my brother Abraham. Shout out to Abe. Because I was thinking to myself, like, the way I think about God, if I can give an analogy with with, with Abe, is that, like, because Abe is an amazing man of God. Shout out Abe. If someone came to me and said, Abe just robbed a bank. First thing I'm going to tell them is it's not true. But let's say they prove to me that it's true. Abraham robbed a bank. My The first thing that I'm going to do is not say lock him up. <laughs> hey he's out of here he's a terrible person How, who type of person robs a bank because i know abraham because this is my brother i'm first going to seek out more information before i say anything and if i don't have that information you won't hear it out of me to lock him up not me personally no ten toes And think about that, right? That's, that's my brother Abraham. And I know Abraham's a sinner, right? We, we all sinners. He's a human. He's a man, right? But now we're talking about God, the creator of the universe, the one who sent his son to die for us. 
the one who has revealed himself to you, the one who has blessed you, who, who, who has told you he loves you, who has already demonstrated his love for you. But now you're suffering. Me personally, I, I, I can't, I, I can't just simply pass the verdict and say that God doesn't love me or he doesn't love me anymore. I'd rather sit in my ignorance of not knowing the reason for my suffering than come to the conclusion that God doesn't care about me, that God is not real, or that God is evil because I have seen enough. He has satisfied me enough. So I know if it's one thing that I know is that God is good. God is good. For those that are suffering, let those that have ears, let them hear. Those that are suffering, what I want from you is to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Respond to God's sovereignty and what God is doing in your life or allowing in your life with humility. Some people cannot accept that. Some people, this is, this is going to piss them off. I want you to respond with humility. I'm asking you to trust him. You see, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. That means that we do not make conclusions based off of the reasoning that is informed by just the things that we see, just the situations that we are living. The just shall live by faith. I was reading the book of Hebrews over my break, and really the book of Hebrews is an entire book that is trying to encourage Christians who are currently being persecuted and suffering to walk by faith, to put their hope in a future where Jesus genuinely comes back and takes them and they have eternal life. To put their hope in a future of no suffering, even though in reality they are suffering. In reality, everything says that it's stupid to be a Christian because Christians get killed and tortured and harmed. And I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 32 says this That's what the author says. To these suffering Christians, he says, but recall the former days in which after you, you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were made a, a spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulations, excuse me, and partly while you became companions of those who um, who were so treated. For you had compassion on me and my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a while, for, for yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. May God bless hearing you and sending of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. My message to you who feel disappointed, my message to you in suffering, my message to you in this time where you honestly don't know what God is doing. Do not cast away your confidence. I need you to stand on what you already know about the Lord because he's revealed it to you. Because perhaps the devil has gone to the Lord and he said, have you tried my servant Emmanuel, my, my servant so-so-and-so? 
because I know they're a real one and I know that they fear me. And the, and the devil says, they only fear you because you done blessed them with a comfortable life. Or you done blessed them with all these recent blessings. They only love you because of this. Who will you prove right? I love the Lord, man. Absolutely, because he's done amazing things for me. But also because I see the God that he is for other people as well. And I genuinely recognize him, acknowledge him to be righteous, to be good. That is the knowledge that I have, man. And, you know, flesh and blood did not reveal this to me. This, this is something that the spirit has revealed to me. And I recognize that for some people, that statement sounds absolutely stupid when you look at the world and all. I mean, it's a hurricane outside or a tropical storm, whatever outside look what happened in hawaii look at the kids and getting having cancer some people say how could anyone believe in a loving god maybe he's real but that dang sure ain't loving i hear it all you think christians don't hear that you think i've never wrestled with those things myself I might not be able to explain away all the suffering that happens in this planet. But my God says there's going to be one day where there will be no more suffering for those that have put their faith in him. That one day it'll end and every tear will be wiped away. And I believe him. <laughs> I believe him. And I'm going to stick beside him. Let those that have ears, let them hear. Like I said, this message is not for everybody. It may leave a bad taste in some people's mouth. But I'm imploring you to hold on to what you know. 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 And who you know is God. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your goodness. I thank you for your word. Father, there are, there are those of us, Lord, who are suffering, who need you to make a move, oh God, but you have not made that move. Father, there's some of us that are still scarred from the praise that you didn't answer. Father, I'm just praying that you reveal yourself to them in a new way, oh God. Father, Job said that he'd only heard about you at first, but now he saw your face, oh God. He has seen you. Lord, we want to see you, oh God. There are some of us, we just need to see you, oh God. Father, Job even said that before you brought him out. Of the, of the issue that he was in, oh God. We're not, we, I don't want to wait. I don't want us to wait till we get to the light at the end of the tunnel, Lord. Show us in the tunnel your face, who you are. That's going to be what comforts us, oh God. Father, we have heard of you, but we want to see you. We want to see your goodness, oh God. Father, help us to humble ourselves under your mighty hand, to humble ourselves under your sovereignty, oh God. We know this is not something that's easy to do. It's not something that is naturally in us because we have sinful nature, oh God, but we need your spirit for help. Father, I know my brothers and sisters that are suffering. I know those that need healing, oh God. I'm praying that you heal, that you deliver, oh God. And on top of that, Lord Jesus, let patience have his perfect work. On top of that, oh God, have your way and let your will be done. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And also, God, I, I bring this poetry gem into your hands, Father, that's coming up, Lord. Next time I stand behind this mic, it'll already be done. It'll already be done. Father, let this poetry jam. It, it's yours. It's, it's your thing. And I'm just praying that you do your thing. You do your thing. Bless those who come in attendance safely to go back home safely. And as we are there, Lord, take over. Do your thing. Everything. It's, it's yours.
Do your thing, Lord. Um, forgive us, all of us, Lord. Everyone listening, all of us, people on the team, everyone, Lord, our sins and trespasses, any way that we sin against you, we've fallen short. Iniquity will not get in the way <laughs> of our relationship. It won't get in the way of, of what you want to do in our lives, what you want to deposit into us, the move that you want to make. None of it. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for showing us who you are. Help us to stand on it, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Appreciate you guys. You know the sweat ride came back out today. Had to, man. The way that it's uh it's it's hot. Like it's hot and rainy. This is not regular San Diego weather, I must say. And I might have to be a climate activist. I might like and you know, I think I think that sounds kind of funny, but I might. Just don't be surprised if you start seeing me out here protesting or something like that. Because we got to this is not normal like look man and funny thing is i took a lot of environmental science classes in college oh yeah that's the, that's besides the point appreciate you guys i love you guys um hope you guys have an amazing week see you guys at the poetry jam peace